everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, on episode 134. COVID-19 just broke up my friendship. <laughs> Co- I, you, heard, you heard it clear, and you heard it first. COVID-19, amongst other things that we'll get into, just broke up my friendship with one of my former girlfriends. And I am here to stand ten toes down in my rhetoric, in my moral high ground, whatever it is. But I am here to continue <laughs> to not be bullied, to not be um, pressured into doing whatever I choose to do with my body. It is my body. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Where where can I begin with this uh, this tale, uh, the, this cautionary tale? <laughs> I think ultimately COVID nineteen was the one of the straws that broke the camel back uh, in this friendship that I had. But I think there were a lot a lot of other things that were uh, surfacing as red flags and I don't even say red flags when it comes to when it comes to friendships right usually when we say red flags we only say it when it comes to dating when it comes to a romantic situation but there are red flags in friendship and one thing about me I have grown so much and I'm always gonna bring it back to me not to sound like a narcissist like I'm not a narcissist right I know I had a segment a few episodes ago am I the narcissist you know sometimes I have these breakdowns but I know that I'm a good person, right? I know that I'm just a good person through and through, period. I'm a good friend. I'm a good lover. I'm a, I'm a good person. Like, you are blessed to have me in your life in whatever capacity. Even if you just had me as an acquaintance, God blessed you. And I'm saying this with all the humility because I want us to recognize the goodness in ourselves. I think sometimes we are so quick to be bad to be harsh on ourselves when it comes to a failed anything. And I'm here to break that pattern. So I hope it's encouraging anyone to do the same thing. I think oftentimes when a friendship, and I'm going to focus only on friendship in this case, because this is in particular to my case that I'm sharing right now. I think oftentimes when a friendship ends, it is easy to say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a bad friend or I, you know, this happened because I did this, or I'm not worthy of having real friends in my life. Like instantly we're putting the blame on ourselves and we don't realize, no, 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 no. I was a good friend. I was a good person through and through. And this is the other person's issue. Sometimes we get in this rut blaming ourselves when it's not. So I'm proud of myself for not doing that. And this just happened recently. So I'm proud of myself doing, for for doing that and really just sitting with myself like no someone again this is someone else's issue um and I'll get into it in a moment uh but I want to give more context again so growing up and I've shared this many times in mostly in the earlier episodes of this podcast I was raised in a household that was very judgmental 
And what I mean by that is, is that I grew up very in a religious home, went to church every, almost every day, not just a Sunday thing, right? Not, you know how some black American, I'm gonna fix, fix it on black American, you know, black Americans, they go to church twice a year, right? Easter and maybe Christmas, but not me. And I come from a Haitian household, a Haitian background. So church was an everyday thing. There's a funny joke that, is shared or that is like geared towards Haitian people is that we go to three L's, three different places. Like that's our only fix. We go to three different things and they're l'église, l'école, la caille. And l'église is church. L'école is a school. La caille is home. So as a, a Haitian child growing up, that was my only thing. To, I couldn't go anywhere else. Not, oh, can I go to my friend's house? Or, oh, can I sleep over at my friend's house? It was, huh? No, you're going to l'église church. Go, you're coming back home to La Caille, and you're going to school, l'école. That's, that was it. And that was always the thing. So with me, church was, was my second home. And that's, that, that served advantages and it served a disadvantage in, in many ways the disadvantage with that is there was this instant judgmental presence that I would display because if I had friends who did not grow up the same way as I did I felt I was in authority and that's the funny thing I felt like I was in my right in my authority to say oh this person is not living right this person is not a good person. This person is going to go straight to hell. First class. Like, I was in my bag as if I am the the one to make that decision or that I had the right to even put forward my judgment on anyone else. And it's funny because oftentimes non-Christians or even atheists would say, well, you know, God said don't judge and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and I will get so mad when people will use that verse because they would use it conveniently. And I remember how I felt, so I'm, I'm saying it as if I'm still that same Maxine, right? So when people would say those verses to me in challenge of my judgment, even like some Christians who were still, who grew up in the same world as I did, would say those verses to me, I, I would get offensive because I was like, well, God has called for us to do this. We're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be this. We're, like, we're supposed to be essentially in this box. We're supposed to not question um, the Bible too much. We're supposed to just follow. And when I had people around me not following everything to the T or not being that example that I expected because that's what was preached down to us in sermons and in ministry groups, it didn't make any sense to me. So when I would call it out, I was seen as judgmental. And I was. And I was, right? So growing up, like moving out of that mindset and just getting older, like in my being in my 20s and starting my 30s, I'm 30 now, I realized, wait, I am nowhere in position to judge anybody for anything, right? And I don't even look at it as sin anymore. Because, you know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, no sin is greater than the other. Yeah, sure, that's true. But I don't even like using that language anymore. I have removed myself so much so from that mindset that it's it's beyond me to even think that I have a right to judge you, period. Regardless, I don't even look at it as sin. I just look at it as 
I don't know you um, in your shoes, walking in your shoes, seeing the way things you the way you see things. I like to always seek or I have been always seeking to understand because before I was seeking to judge. And what I mean by that is, is like I would find fault like, oh, this person has a boyfriend. Oh, they're they're definitely fucking, you know, and I'm seeking to judge. Right. And then fucking before marriage is is considered a sin in, in the Bible because it's fornication. Like I will find these moments to, to judge people and I would do it. So I would do it like a sport, y'all. It was a it was the thing to do. Who could judge the fastest? That was I. That was I. And what I realized, though, that brought me so much stress. It brought me so much stress to judge people. Whether and I don't I don't even want to say whether they deserve it or not. No one deserves it at all. I think we all deserve to understand each other. To all I think we all deserve to seek to understand each other. And whether you agree with someone else's decision in their life, I still don't think it's your position to impose your your disagreement with it I think you just should just shut up like it's not your life like are you living my life no okay so what does it matter to you so that's ultimately where I stand now and when I say I when I was judgmental I was living in so much stress it was because I was so fixated on everybody else I was fixated on the wrong things I was I was like sleeping or I was fighting hard finding a hard time to sleep at night because I was so fixated on what so-and-so did and what so-and-so is doing. It, it just, it, it was not it. It was not the life to live. That's not at all something you should be proud of. So I bring that up because judgmental friends, people in your life is what I do not at all tolerate at all because I know how it feels because I was the one who was judgmental many years ago and I know how I was making people feel with my judgment call and until I checked myself I had to have a breakdown with some of my cousins and um some of the younger cousins me like we were like the young cousins up like in the group of older cousins and my sister in our little like clique and me and my like same age cousins had this breakdown in our relationship because of just disagreements that we've had and their perception of me and how I how I came across to them as judgmental and though I had um moments in our arguments that were valid like I would speak up on x y and z I think ultimately what I what I agreed with and what I copped out of was the fact that no I was judgmental I was presenting myself as someone who just immediately judged you and made you feel bad and that was the issue like I made people feel bad whether it was with my words or my body language I made you feel bad because I was not allowing it room for understanding I, that's that was the issue I was not even allowing for the other person to be understood I was blocking off any opportunity 
for you to be understood because my judgment was so high. I was so, I was so ready to be judged. I was so ready to impose my judgment on you. And that's just a very ugly thing and an ugly character trait to have. So when I come, like coming from that personal growth of mine and coming from that realization of how shitty I was in that regard, I had to sit with myself like, damn, how come I'm having these breakdowns in my relationships, in my, you know, in my relationships with like just people in my life, whether it's family or friends, I was having these breakdowns and I had to sit with myself like, am I the issue here? Is, is it I? <laughs> is it I? Am I the problem? And I went on this fast, you know, I love fast, y'all, whether it's 10 days, 20 days, 15, five days a week, I love a fast. And a fast could be anything as far as like, I'm quitting, sh uh, not sugar, because the sugar's in everything, but I'm not drinking soda for the, for the seven days of this fast. The thing is, even though that may sound minuscule to some people, like, or I'm not like going to be on social media whatever that is to you whatever it is that you do on a on a um just a habitual way of doing it and you realize okay let me let me kind of break away from this that is done with intention with the intention to find clarity with the intention to just be better so i went on a fast i forgot how i think it was like 20 days and in that fast I'm a I'm a journaler I love to write things down I love to process my thoughts I love to talk to myself hence this podcast so I went on a fast for like it had to have been 20 days and I was journaling every day of the fast and I gave up something it was years ago y'all so I don't know I don't remember exactly what I gave up but I gave up something and when I gave up so when I was on this fast I was coming into my own if that makes sense like I was sitting with myself and realizing oh hey I I'm not this is not okay me judging me thinking that I have the right to do x y and z is not right and I had to sit with myself and I was coming across different messages whether it was from the bible or whether it was from just interactions because I, I would find a sign everywhere not necessarily find it but a sign will come to me that would speak to my current situation and at that time I was getting messages of seek to understand basically that was the overall theme seek to understand rather than seek to judge rather than seek to immediately have an opinion and I really just sat with that like okay that's it right there instead of being judgmental I needed to be understanding instead of being judgmental I needed to be compassionate Instead of being judgmental, I needed to listen more, right? Because, again, I'm not you, you're not me, and I know how it felt being judgmental, and I know how it feels being judged. It's funny how we hate when something is done to us, but we do it to others, because we find ourselves in a pattern that is so easy to just fall into because it's what we've seen, right? Like, when I say I grew up in a, in a Haitian household, in a religious household, in a Christian household, I experienced judgment very regularly. I had, I have a mom growing up who made me feel like I had to be on my P's and Q's. I always had to look the part. My hair always had to be done. My clothes always had to be pressed and starched and everything just had to look right instead of just me being a right person 
characterized um character wise so the the fix and the focus on one's character like growing up the focus wasn't like I want you to be a good person right I want you to be an honest person like it wasn't I didn't have those type of conversations. Instead, I want you to make sure when you leave this house, you look good. Your hair is good. You combed your hair. You know, your shoes are are shiny and there's no scratch. And if you leave this house with an unironed shirt, if you dare to have a wrinkle on your shirt, then you are disgusting and you're you are making a bad example of us. And it was so fixated on the exterior that I didn't have the the development of my interior I didn't have the development of my own characters and I had to learn that later on once I got older and I'm grateful that I did and I share this story because my friend is judgmental (laughs) I mean I started off by talking about COVID and it, it is related to COVID and there's more to it of course but ultimately that was another straw that broke the camel's back because judgmental friends, judgmental people in my life, I am steering clear from them. I am steering clear from them. And I think when we are, um, you know, like when we don't, like when we don't put our boundaries down and say, okay, no, I'm not going to deal with this. Nah, you go ahead and go over, go over there. And I'm not going to walk you through your personal development. That's the personal thing you have to deal with. But I can't, I can't be friends with someone who judges me. And that's just the bare minimum. Like, we may agree or disagree on X, Y, and Z, but if you are judging me throughout different choices that I make for myself, then that's where the line is drawn. So judgmental friends and people in my life, I, I can't. I, family members, like, I cannot. I cannot. Because I've, I've done so much work internally to break free from that spirit honestly it's a a spirit okay everything's a fucking spirit but i i broke free from that from that spirit and have grown so much and i have been this understanding uh compassionate sincere uh humble person that i deserve nothing less than that and something uh as far as judgmental uh, perspective and opinions, all these things is beneath me. It is beneath me. It is beneath compassionate. It is beneath understanding. It is beneath humility. So when I see that in someone and when I see that repeatedly and when I call that out in someone and there is no moment of reflection, because, you know, I give people chances to to be better. I'll record I'll tell you no you're being judgmental here x y like I'll let you know what it is and if you are still standing 10 toes down on your judgmental ass I this is this is my time to go okay let's get back to the story so that's the context right you know I gotta give y'all context so I had a dinner this yeah dinner with a, a former friend and we it started off great it started off cool it was cool like you know we went out to get some drinks had a bite to eat okay cool now let's talk about me prior to that dinner let's just talk about me prior to that dinner and I'm saying this because because um I feel like when 
when it's time to meet up with a friend and you find yourself having to kind of prep yourself, having to talk yourself down off your anxiety horse, that's a sign as well. And I'm saying that's a sign because I remember prior to meeting with her, I was telling myself, okay, um, I'm not going to. Okay, here's the thing. Here in Houston, I don't know what about Houston. I think I do because I've never experienced this before. When you go out to one restaurant, right, one spot, you and you finish at that spot, it's like, okay, where we're we going to next? <laughs> Instead of, okay, have a good night, I'll see you next time, right? It's always, oh, where are we going next? Where is our next destination? It's never on, oh, that was a good time, I'll see you next week, you know? It's always something else going on. Let's go to this other spot. Let's go to another spot. And I told myself prior to meeting her, I'm like, okay, uh, let it just be one spot that you go to with her, and <laughs> and that's it. Like, don't have m- multiple stops at different restaurants, different bars. Just keep the night at a, at a minimum and a low maximum, okay? So I said that to myself. That's what I was going to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I also, <coughs> sorry. Um, so I said that to myself. Okay, cool. I also was telling myself that, okay, well, I'm going to uh, like put a boundary here in this topic and not say too much on X, Y, and Z. And I say that because oftentimes, so without saying too much, this friend would ask questions about what I got going on romantically and she'll ask it in a way <clears throat> that may come off as oh hey just check it in how y'all doing type of thing and it comes off like oh this is oh you really oh you care about my rom- ro- my romantic well-being right when wrong the survey says that is a lie okay instead She, what I realized, have been asking, imposing questions about my romantic relationship um, to to inquire information, to gather information, to put things together, to create this scenario in her head. Like, literally, that's what she's been doing. And I'm over here being as pure as a whistle. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I like to assume the best. I like to assume the best, but I am very aware of what the fuck is going on. But it, but again, I like to assume the best. So that happens. And, and no, so that's what I was thinking about prior to meeting up with her, because there have been instances before when we've been out together, when I felt like she was asking questions to be nosy rather than to just be a friend. And there's a difference, right? When you're with a friend, y'all are catching up talking about whatever it is there's a different there's a different feel different vibe in the room that comes off as just two friends just just chalking it up because when you are a friend who you know you're sharing just as much as you're asking questions then it becomes a genuine moment of both friends just having a, a girl time together but when you're the friend who is always mute about your romantic dealings always mute about whatever it is that you go through 
anytime you keep every response to a political statement and a, a PR statement, then it becomes a, a, a disingenuous moment because you're asking questions to be nosy. You're asking questions to gather information and you're ultimately asking questions to root for one's downfall when it comes to their romantic situation. So I felt these feelings before with this friend and I was thinking to myself, you know what, let me go into the next time we hang out with a different mood had like, I'm just not going to be as open or as just X, Y, and Z about it because I know that this person is not going to really receive it with no judgment. So, and here's the thing with me, I'm an open book. Like, I'm, I like to be open, right? I, this podcast was created because I hate, I hated being around people who was very um, closed off. They didn't share their real experiences. They were being fake. I was around a lot of people who just felt like they had to be fake. And I was the only one telling the truth. I was the only one coming off very honest about my own experiences when it comes to any and everything that I've experienced. And I would know people around me. I remember growing up, I would know people around me going through the same things that I went through and they were mute as hell. And they presented this like persona that everything is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's like, but I know it's not. Can we talk about that? Because we connect so much more when we're honest with each other. And when I'm around people who are not honest with just their lives and their truth, then that is a fundamental issue. And that's what I don't tolerate. So um, all of these things are coming into my mind prior to meeting with this friend. And I'm thinking like, and ultimately now, like in retrospect, that should be enough for someone to be like, yeah, maybe this is not... <laughs> Maybe this is not a, a friendship I should continue because of said reasons. Um, but again, I I like to just assume the best, right? Even in spite of what I all what I've already said. So the night starts off, the evening starts off cool. It starts off cool. Where you know sharing what's going on in our week, how's work, you know the bullshit pre- preliminary small talk, and. Then we get to COVID. We, then we get to COVID because she asked me if I'm vac- vaccinated. And mind you, she's asked me twice before, months apart. Um, she asked me has soon, like earlier on in the year when the vaccine just came out, and I said no. She asked me, um, or she asked the table, and I was a part of the table. It was a small table of us, of the friends that we um, share this friendship click with. And, um, I was one of the ones who said no still. And then she asked me again, just the other night. And I said, no, bitch, no. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, no is a universal language. And so I don't know how else you want me to communicate this to you. And, that should have been enough, right? That should have been enough for me to be like, okay, this conversation is going to go down a route that I did not want, right? I'm not going into happy hour trying to be in this debate with you about what I want to do with my motherfucking body, 
what are we talking about, right? So she goes on, yeah, so she asked me, and me being the true teller that I am, no, <laughs> right? I say no still. And I was, um, I don't think she asked me why. She just went on, she just like, oh, okay. And then we got into um, vaccine hesitation, right? And reasons why some people may, including myself, may, some people who are not interested in getting vaccinated for a plethora amount of reasons. Like the reasons cannot be limited to two, right? But there's so many reasons that are personal, that are universally shared amongst many folks who are hesitant and who are choosing not to get vaccinated. And what I called her out on was the fact that she was trying to label me as an anti-vaxxer. And y'all know me. I hate a label. I not not to say I don't like boyfriend or girlfriend. Like I like those labels. <laughs> Call me a girlfriend. I'm your woman and you're my man. Like I like those labels. You know, people would be like, oh, I don't like labels. Let's just be. No, nigga. What the fuck are we? I <laughs> I used to be, well, I remember in prior romantic relationships, I would, like, sit with just the idea of, so what What are we? <laughs> and then the response will be, well, we're just being, you know, let's just go with the flow. What is the flow? Is the flow leading me into a relationship with you that is exclusive? What is the flow? So, I'm sorry, I was just triggered for a moment because I remember being with Boston Bay and would ask him several times about our four-year situation ship and that's why it was a situation ship because nigga didn't like labels and I was over here just labeling up with him because, well, we're fucking, so we have to be girlfriend and boyfriend? No, bitch. Anyway, let's move on. Everything's okay. Life is good. Right now, <laughs> right here, I'm okay. <laughs> That's a mantra people say or that I've learned, actually, recently um, to ease my anxiety. Right now, right here, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, because sometimes we get so, at least for me, I get so caught up in my mind in worrying about the future, um, recollecting the past, and I'm not present. And a good way to be present is to say right here, right, like literally right at this very moment, literally in this moment, right here, right now, I'm okay. Okay, let's get back to the, what are we talking about? Okay, so COVID-19, friend asking me if I'm vaccinated for the third time. I said, no, I'm not. And now, okay, so I was, um, he was getting into the reasons why one decides not to get vaccinated. And, yeah, so she goes into this whole anti-vax speech that she must have pulled from her pocket because she kept talking and talking. And what's interesting about that is when you're so quick to push forth your your judgment on someone, because that's another example of judgmental um, just point of view like don't call me something that I'm telling you I am not identifying as and the reason why I'm saying I'm not identifying as because I'm not anti-vax I'm not just because I'm not just because I'm deciding not to get this specific vaccination doesn't make me anti-vax because hey guess what I've been vaxxed 
right? I've been vaxxed for a plethora of, of, of diseases and um, measles, immunization. Like, that's been a thing that I had to go through growing up in order to attend school, and it was fine. I didn't, I wasn't on a high horse on, ah, my body, my choice. It was fine. There was no political movement about it. I didn't get autism. Like, thank God, but I do believe there are cases when autism does happen if you get vaccinated with certain type of, that's, that's a whole different episode. But the point is, I have been vaxxed. I'm not anti-vax. And what really bothered me about the way this conversation was going is that there was no listening happening on her end. I was over here just sharing. I was generally sharing my concerns, right? And I was generally agreeing with concerns that I was saying about other people. And yet her immediate response was just basically anti-vax, anti-vax. And she said those specific words. So anti-vax, anti-vax. And I'm like, that's, hello, I'm, hello, hi, hi, hi. As the one who's sharing why I'm not, like, I'm not, hey, like, I don't have to keep on repeating myself when you're still choosing not to listen. That's another issue when it comes to any relationship. When I have to keep on repeating myself are you listening or are you just fixated on getting the last word? So she's on this high host of anti-vax. We started talking about Nicki Minaj. Yeah, if you've been under the rock, um, Nicki Minaj has been out here talking about her specific hesitations when it comes to the vaccine. And she is, what I just don't like is the fact that people are no longer given the right or given the room to exercise their 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 questions, their challenges, their hesitations when it comes to what is going to be put in their body. That is what I don't like. What happened to critical thinking? What happened to freedom of thinking and in exercising another point of view? Now we've become a society that is mandating you to think a specific way, to act a specific way, and to only operate in such way. And I'm not tolerating that. And I say that every and every, every and anywhere at my workplace, at, um, in my friendships and relation in conversation, where, wherever it comes up naturally, I'm gonna still stand ten toes down on not being bullied into doing anything I choose not to do for my own self. And she goes on to talk about like how um, herd immunity, and if more people like girl, shut the fuck. No, are you a scientist? Is is Dr. Fauci in the room? Is, is someone else in the room who's certified, medically licensed? I know, I just, <laughs> I'm just sitting in this, in this restaurant across from her like, is this, is the world about to just fall apart right now? Are the storm clouds falling down right now? Because I'm hearing the same rhetoric that I would read about of the other side and their frustrations with the unvaccinated. What I don't understand is if this vaccine is so effective, it really should not matter if the next person is not vaccinated. If you're in a room full of people who are mostly vaccinated and there are few folks in the room who are not, why are you still terrified? 
And then here's the argument. Well, it's not supposed to protect you from, from the virus. No one said it guarantees that. Even that's bullshit to me because why are you okay with that? Why are we okay with the virus that's supposed to be 97% effective if you're telling me, well, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you can't get the virus? Huh? So what does it mean then? You just won't get hospitalized. But there have been cases of people who've been hospitalized and died after they got in the vaccine. The vaccine didn't protect them from shit. Again, it is your choice. And that's the issue that I have fought with. I don't like choices taken away from civilians. I am always here to protect my choice and your ability to choose and your freedom to do so. Hello, this is America. What happened to the Constitution? So then we started talking about that. Okay, now we get into abortion. Child, it was a whole political <laughs> political night, y'all. And look, again, if we're going to go down the route, we're going to go down the route. But I think what I could take responsibility on is I should have shut it down when I should when I when she asked me if I'm back like that should have been the end of the conversation I should have been like you know what I'm disengaging I'm gonna call it a night but again I believe everything happens for a reason and this conversation the night was supposed to happen the way that it did for me to see her the way that I see her now and for it to be what it is now so I'm grateful that I didn't shut it down but I do take responsibility in not shutting it down earlier so in future situations that I may come across with people if I don't want to have this conversation with you it's not to say that I'm afraid of sharing my thoughts and opinions is that I know from different instances with certain people that you're not in a position where you could be open-minded to hear another perspective. And that's what I have problem with. So if I know that you're un- that you're narrow-minded, you're small-minded, you're closed-minded, you're all of these limited-ass thoughts, then I'm not even going to go there because it's like arguing with the fool. If a fool is trying to argue you down, you look like the fool too because you're engaging and you're not giving yourself the the out that you should have given yourself earlier. So I take responsibility in that. That's the only thing I take responsibility in. So what happened? Okay, so we started talking about abortion because recently I posted – AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's dress when she went to the Met Gala and she wore this dress, this white ball gown dress and the words written on the dress is written in blood and it is tax the rich, tax the rich. And she smiles in the camera with this smirk on her face And also, she gives credit to the designer of the dress and says that she likes to give platforms to uh, women of color, even though she doesn't use the word women anymore because instead it's menstruating people. But that's, again, that's a different episode. (laughs) And we'll get to that, that bullshit. So she gives gives a caption about, you know, giving credit to this woman designer who is uh, a person of color and this woman of color and she's an immigrant and she's like, like trying to create this struggle as identity for this designer. When I looked at, I looked her up and the bitch is from Canada. Like (laughs) I'm not saying you can't be an immigrant from Canada, but I bring that up because 
immigrant is typically for those like when you give that person a label oh she's an immigrant and she came to America and did her best to survive or whatever that's usually given to those who came from refugee as areas right who fled their countries because they were going to get asylum they were going to get killed they were like not from Canada Canada is a first world country you're not coming from Haiti you know, you're not coming from from Nigeria. You're not coming from Sudan. You're coming from fucking Canada, next door to to the U.S. Are you talking about this poor immigrant who came out of the bottom and came from nothing is now the designer of this Met Gala? Girl, shut the fuck up. Okay, so overall, my issue with this dress was that she says tax the rich, and she goes on to um like just have this like smirk about her like oh well tax the rich when if you don't know in in order to attend the Met Gala you have to pay a $35,000 ticket to enter and a table of folks is worth $200,000 now what has been revealed after that after she got backlash because a lot of people were having these same sentiments and giving her grief Apparently, a lot of elected officials, congressmen, and congresswomen are in attendance at these at these events like the Met Gala, and they could attend free of charge. Okay, sure, but I also feel like, in general, her dress and the way that the the way that the AOC the way that AOC moves is very performative, and I don't like fake shit. That's me. So anyway, so we started talking about that. She disagrees with um, my take on it, and it's fine. Like, we could agree and disagree, but it wasn't, like, a, a big deal. Like, but, again, that was another conversation that we had that night that showed her not being able to listen to someone else outside of herself. She was talking to talk and to to have these conversations out loud to like show this I don't know she's trying to appear smart and appear this like this profound thing I don't know what it was but I'm just sitting there like huh can I can I get a word in and eventually throughout our conversation I had to finally speak louder and talk over her until she finally shut up and I had to say a couple of times I need to let me finish talking stop cutting me off let me get my point of, like I had to finally say that and, and buck up and bark and she finally listened and stopped talking, but it had to be a continuous thing. So she did it. She listened for a moment, and then she to over-talk me. And it's like, if you disagree with anything I say, let me finish my fucking point. Let me finish my fucking point, though. So the topic of abortion, this is where things got really left. And this is, was the, 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 the route to the end of our friendship. This is when things got left. She um, started talking about abortion. I shared how, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I no longer feel the same way I used to feel about abortion, right? And I shared this with you guys how um, very I was very pro-choice, and um, you know, I if you don't want to get an abortion, then you don't get like no one, sh- no man should tell a woman how to how to abort, right? Like I was very much so pro-choice, and the growth for me in that area is that I had to do research not had to but I was 
I was interested in doing research about just the the pro-life movement and understanding the other perspective because again I don't think we live in a world that even allows the opportunity for the other side to be heard now I like to learn I like to understand different perspectives and why people think the way they do and just under I love to learn and understand so I'm doing research about the, the, the startup Planned Parenthood, you know, Margaret Sanger or Singer, and um, how basically she wanted the genocide of a black community. And Planned Parenthood is primarily in areas that are filled with black, Hispanic, just of colored uh, communities. And I'm bringing this to light in the conversation. And I think also, like, if you're someone who's, like, super democratic, what I'm saying sounds like blah, 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 conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Because you're so fixated on what the Democratic Party says that you don't even open your mind to another opinion. But it's not conspiracy. It's what the fuck it is, right? So I'm telling her, go ahead, look it up, whatever. So then she goes uh, go on her phone, look up Margaret Sanger, and sees, I guess, initial headlines that proves my point of her being this genocidal leader and how she founded and created Planned Parenthood. And she said something very stupid. And I should have said, like, girl, that sounds so fucking stupid. But, again, I like to be nice when I argue, too. Like, I also don't like to be – like, I, I've grown from that. Again, when I was growing up, I was a mean, judgmental girl. Like, I would be harsh with my words and my delivery. And I'm so happy I'm not there anymore. But sometimes – damn that old Maxie needs to come out and be like bitch what the fuck did you just say so she says what she's <laughs> she's like oh um well that was so long ago that was so long ago that was her response to me saying how Margaret Sanger uh started Planned Parenthood because she wanted to kill the black race and she found proof online that supported what I said and her response to that, because she's in a corner and you, she still wants to have the last word. Her response was that, that was so long ago. Huh? Slavery was so long ago, but we're still dealing with the remnants of that to this day. To this day. Shout out to, what's that black boxer? I forgot his name. To this day, nigga. Slavery, redlining was so long ago. To this day, niggas are still dealing with that. We are still in a disadvantaged point in society because of what has happened so long ago. So me bringing it up what happened so long. Niggas have been victims of rape, sexual assault. So it happened so long ago, you should get over it. No, to this day, I have trust issues. To this day, I'm still going through uh, traumatic memories. Like, to this day, like, what, what are we talking about? So this this whole, that was so, I was sitting there like, oh, no, this is dumb as hell. This is dumb as hell. I'm talking to a fool. But, of course, I was a fool as well for even continuing to engage. So to this day, I fucking love that. Um, But what's his name? That boxer who said that? To this day, this black boxer, I think he has locks in his hair, and he's undefeated dark skin super tall um but yeah he to this day <laughs> he was talking to a reporter and the reporter was talking about racism or asking him about it and he got so triggered because he realizes how much he still has to fight racism and you would think you know be us being in 2021 and at that time it was 2019 but you would think we're so far removed from um the colored line and the you know black sit in the back of the bus type of thing um that we will be more progressive 
instead, we're still dealing with racism in other ways, right? It may not be as blatant, but it's subtle and it's very clear. And he was saying that to the reporter, and he was like, to this day, to this day, nigga, to this day, <laughs> whoever remembers the name of that boxer, please call me right, right now. Right, as soon as you are hearing this recording, at this point, call me right now or text me or DM me. But to this day, <laughs> to this day, that's so funny. So, okay, to this day, it's happening. Okay, so I'm saying, I'm like, people are, and so I'm making these valid points, like racism, I, I said slavery, I brought up the slavery point, like slavery has happened 400 years ago, to this day, we're still dealing with the remnants of that. Overhead, overhead, because when someone is so fixated on only speaking and not listening and not being open, then this is what happens. Again, that was a sign, and it should have been a sign for me to be like, girl, I'm not having this conversation with you anymore. But instead, I kept on going down that route. So now she brings, so she brings up abor- okay, abortion. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm like, oh, well, I still believe in pro-choice as far as, like, I would not impose my difference of opinion when it comes to abortion on someone. If I have a friend who decides to have an abortion, whether I uh, would want to, whether I believe more pro-life now, I would still walk with my friend or take the bus, not the bus. Not the bus. Um, you know, I would still ride with my friend and go to the clinic with her and hold her hand if I could be in the room and be with her during that process. Well, not in Texas, <laughs> right? Shit. Shit is done so. But the point is <laughs> not funny, not funny. I don't agree with that, with what Abbott did. But the point is I will still ride with you because I'm that friend that will still support you regardless. Regardless if I would do whatever you're doing, whether I would be in the same position, I don't know. We don't know what position we, we would be in. But the point is, I I see friendship as an opportunity to have, uh, to have uh, what is it, unlimited support. Friendship is an opportunity to have unlimited support. Emotionally is where I'm really fixated on. Like emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you should be able to support your friend because this person's your friend your friend period and that's where I've always been and I said that to her so I'm making that clear and I also said you know my move into a pro-life perspective is because I want us to live in a world where community is really had. We live in this doggy dog world where we're all just living separately from each other, and that's what I don't like. And I want us to feel like if someone is in a position where they immediately think abortion is the answer, and I'm not even talking about rape victim. Like, no, go ahead. You killed that rape baby. I'm <laughs> What, Maxie? I'm kidding. But the point is that I still agree with your choice to do whatever you choose to do with your body. Um, and I just have my own personal take on it, right? And so she's going down this rabbit hole, like, well, the community, you know, for so long in the black community, um, uh, you know, you leave your child with, you know, an uncle, the neighbor down the street, and the uncle molests the child. I'm like, what the fuck are we talking? That's not even the what? Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Uh, Rape, molestation not only happens in the black community. I'm so tired of that narrative being being expunged or being developed. 
hello white communities asian communities immigrant community like rape is is community um it it's in every community that's what I'm it's not limited to a community it is everywhere unfortunately and she's fixated on well in the black community all this bullshit i'm like okay okay and then she asked me i'm gonna wrap it up y'all <laughs> because I could go on and on but she asked me a question about abortion and she posed this question to me as if wouldn't you get an abortion and she referenced my current romantic situation that I have going on and she said what did you get an abortion and I was like no this bitch didn't no this bitch didn't she brought up what I'm going through in my romantic life and used it as a way to prove her point and used it against me. And that was just a moment when I realized, oh, this bitch is wildin'. Got it. If not, if no other sign was clear to me, then that was the sign that I needed to see. And I remember, I remember like when she said that and she said that in the moment. Um, I tucked it in and I went to the bathroom. And I came back out. I'm like, nah, this that I didn't like that. And I'm still thinking about it. So therefore I need to speak up on it. So I came out the bathroom. I was like, you know, when you brought that up, I didn't like that. That was fucked up. Like you didn't need to do that. That was you using something against you you using something that I'm going through personally against me to make your point across. That that was a nasty thing to do. And she apologized in that moment. Okay, cool. I guess we can move forward. But ultimately now the conversation went down to her her set opinions and judgment overall on my current situation and I'm that I'm gonna leave it there but overall throughout the conversation I realized oh this is not a friendship that I am interested in anymore because of all of these reasons that were made abundantly clear to me that overall, like, we could have a difference of opinion on COVID, on vaccines, on abortion. But overall, you're not listening to anyone else but yourself. Overall, the judgmental tone is makes me it makes it brings me back to a time in my life that I had to always defend myself. I, I had to always present this 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 presentation to meet this box and I realized like oh this is what this friendship is and I'm no longer interested in in, in having it so that's done um <laughs> and going back to what I said earlier just going back to what I said earlier I think the overall takeaway from this is that seek to have people in your life who are understanding who are compassionate, who are supportive, emotionally present, who like a lot of good traits, right? You know, if you are someone who have been working on your personal development, your personal growth, for you know, for me for example, being that once upon a time in my life I was super judgmental, once upon a time in my life I was super mean with my words. And I've evolved from that tremendously, so much so that niggas meet me is like, damn, she's so nice. She's such a good spirit. Like, I get so many compliments on, on that, and it makes me feel so good because I know where I was, and I know how you know how far I've come. 
So to then be in relations with people who are not who are not on that same wavelength, it makes you realize how important it is to meet someone who is similar to you when it comes to just that regard. You know, I don't want to. She does, she's sorry. She said something interesting in our in our date dinner <laughs> situation. Um, I was she was like, if I was a Candace Owens, she wouldn't be friends with me. And though I'm not a Candace Owens, though I do not support Candace Owens at all, she is a coon, foon, bagoon, like completely. I still took issue with that. And I said to her, like, even I said to her, even if you were a Candace Owens, I would still call you my friend. I was still and the reason why I say that is I still fuck with people regardless of our political differences, regardless of your personal opinions on what's going on society wise. If you're still a good person to me, if you're still a good listener, a, a compassionate person, a nice person, humble, you, you, you know, give your shirt off your back to me in need, I still fuck with you. Like, I would still call you friend. I would still ride with you. That's me. And to hear that from her, even though I'm not a Candace Owens, even though I don't support Candace Owens, it was just, it made me realize again I don't have a compassionate friend here. I'm sitting across from someone who cannot see outside of herself. I'm sitting across from someone who is so fixated in this judgmental bubble that it doesn't even matter, right? So I think about, again, you know, priorities. You know, I, I'm so grateful that I do have people in my life who are exemplary of the traits that I desire to see in friendships. So I have friends who are compassionate. I have people who are understanding. I have people who, sure, they may not agree with everything that I do, right? We may have difference of opinions politically. Like, you know, that's good. We live in a world, I want to have diverse friends. I don't want everyone to think the way I think. What? I want to be able to grow. I want you to grow. All these great things. And when we are um, just in a world where my friends have to always be on the same page as me when it comes to every topic in the world. It just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me and it's very limited and it's not reality. So, um, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I go back, I, I go back to that because at the end of the day, all we could do is control ourselves. Right. So I'm not saying that to sound like, you know, this self-centered bitch, but, <laughs> but I am proud of myself for st- standing 10 toes down, not being wavered into believing or saying things that would, would, uh, pacify her. Um, I'm proud of myself for not, um, like accepting shitty behavior and responses to things and calling her out on it and doing it with grace. I think, you know, being that I used to be this mean girl in some instances, now that I have a voice that I could use to still express my disappointment in some disappointment in someone, my disdain in someone, it doesn't have to come across as mean, right? I don't have to call you out your name. I don't have to call you a stupid ass hoe. Like I don't have to do that, and I used to do that, and I'm so happy I don't have to. I'm not going back to that Maxine. But sometimes, damn, I, I wish, uh, I wish I would have said some things. And but I don't know, you know. Shout out to me having integrity. Shout out to me, you know, just, just being nice. <laughs> I think it's good because ultimately we're in this spiritual warfare in this world, and 
when we give in to negative spirits, then we lost. Then we lost. Then we now have to deal with the rut of that. And I'm so happy I didn't I didn't fall. I didn't fall short. Let's talk about married at first sight. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap this up in a moment. So let me just go ahead and get into married at first sight. So of course we missed last episode because I didn't release one. And so we're two episodes into this married at first sight review. And I'm gonna just jumble it together. Um so <laughs> I was rooting for K. Y'all know I was rooting for K. Every kiss begins with I was rooting for K because I think with her being the way that she is, um I I I try to understand her. Again, you know, I seek to understand. I try to understand her. I try to understand her reactions, but uh the last two episodes, I noticed just this pettiness in her behavior, her calling off the housewarming last minute, her telling Zach to only contact her at a different number. And it just was, it was just a realization like, okay, girl, you are just, you are, maybe you are fucking crazy. And maybe this is an example of bipolar. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but there are symptoms that I've read on bipolar that she just, that she displays. Um, Look, and I don't know. I'm not, I I can't diagnose her. I think overall, um, this is a match made from hell, <laughs> and I don't see hope happening. I think naturally, they will have sex again, even after these moments of distress. Even after he said he doesn't feel comfortable going into the house, <laughs> you know, he feels anxiety when he's near her. <laughs> Like, if I feel anxiety, again, if I feel anxiety before meeting someone, if I feel anxiety uh, before, you know, just being in someone's presence, then that's enough. Sometimes, again, your body tells you what you need to know. Your body speaks to you. And before I met up with my former friend, my body was speaking to me. Instead, I'm like, well, let me just go out and, you know, she's my friend. Um, But we got to store our bodies. So my body was speaking to me, and I was not – listening I was not adhering to it so uh being that Zach doesn't feel good around Michaela and he has to kind of chalk it up I felt like he did a lot of leaning in to her in comparison to her leading into him and what I mean by that is she doesn't it, it doesn't come off that she's trying to understand and hear him out she'll say oh I fucked up. I I overreacted. She'll say that, but she'll say it defensively. Like, I fucked up. Okay, I fucked up. How long are you going to leave me fucked up, right? Like, (laughs) it was like, girl, what? Are you even humble in your your apology? (laughs) What are we doing? So she doesn't even display that. And that just shows her, her growth that's needed um Johnny and Bow. Johnny is a fuck boy and he needs help. That's my uh that's my analysis. I think Johnny is someone who is very much in his head. Him having these like moments where he's up and down emotionally with Bow and you know, he's telling her every moment that he's on this roller coaster with her. 
And it doesn't make her feel good. Like Bao said, it doesn't make me feel good when you tell me that you don't want to be in this marriage or that when you want to spend some time away after we came together from our honeymoon. And he's just very up and down. He's touch and go. And he's finding these, like, he's making up these red, he's making up red flags when it comes to Johnny. Or, sorry, when it comes to Bao. Johnny is making up red flags when it comes to Bao. Every time, like, she's just being her full self, right? And, yes, I didn't like the whole her being this, like, she she talks like a baby sometimes. Okay, whatever. But I think when they had that moment in the latest episode when they were doing that paint night at their home and she wanted to make sure everything looked good and, you know, oh, maybe you should have Like, she was really fixated on doing a good job. It's not a red flag. I think it just shows, okay, well, she's an A-type personality. I don't think it's coming off offensively. And he was just so annoyed because he had in his mind this this idea, this picture of how things should look like and how things should go. And if they even veer off of his fantastical, romantic idea of what this relationship should look like, then he's immediately turned off and he sees it has a red flag. And I just think Johnny is just very immature and he's in his head a lot and he needs help. Gil and Merla giving me friendship vibes. They are a friendship marriage and I I don't see it for them either. I don't see it for them. Merla's not kissing Gil because she's not attractive. I don't think Gil is unattractive. Um, I think Merla is just not open in her in herself, really. And she's not allowing herself to be romantic and flirtatious and stuff like like I don't I don't know what she got going on or what she been through so maybe there's something to that but I think ultimately their marriage is giving me friendship marriage vibes <sighs> friendship marriage vibes and I think Gil is actually someone who demonstrates some level of insecurity when it comes to Merla's finances if someone Merla is someone who is clearly on top of her finances she's able to pay off her credit card debt and still get no she's able to get you know luxury shoes you know name brand shoes and still pay off her credit card debt like that's at this point girl shut the fuck up like what are we talking about and still have a substantial amount of savings so what are we talking about jose and rachel jose and rachel Josue and <laughs> Oh, no, no way, Jose. I don't know how else to put this in in, in Clara's terms. It's going to be a no for me, dog. It's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, I'm saying no because Jose reminds me of my ex. <laughs> my actual ex-boyfriend. I'm not talking about ex-situation, right? I'm talking about an actual ex-boyfriend, you know, a leprechaun bay. And the reason why I say that, not only because of his height, <laughs> primarily because of his height. Yeah, I got to go. I, <laughs> I got to go. Too uh, but because Jose is controlling as hell, and that's exactly how my ex was. Controlling as hell. He had to always be the one to make the decisions. He had to always have his point across. He talks too much. He dominates a conversation with any and everybody. I noticed, I remember one time I was over – when we would when we would, when we were together, me and Leprechaun Bay, I was over his house and some of his friends was were were there as well. And we were having a conversation about whatever was going on in society at that time. When I tell you Leprechaun Bay was the only one talking in the conversation, 
He didn't let anyone speak. Someone had a few words, but when he needed to talk, he would like. He also had ADHD, from what he told me. Literally, what what he told me. Now, I didn't make it up. <laughs> I didn't. So maybe that has something to do with it. But he had ADHD. Okay. So he um he would sit in the room. We was in the in his living room, and. You could tell that he's sitting on his on his words. He he's trying to say something. He wants to speak. He wants to chime in, and he eventually do cut people off and chime in. And but when before that, like while someone was talking, instead of listening, instead of being really engaged in the conversation, he was so ready to just go ahead and say what he wanted to say. So he's like like shifting in his seat, tapping his toes, tapping his finger on his uh, on his thighs, on his knee. He was very like touchy feely, and I didn't like like I love touchy feely with 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 Freckles Bay. I don't I didn't like it with with Leprechaun Bay, okay? <laughs> because I didn't really like Leprechaun Bay. So let's be very honest. Like I think oftentimes when people say I know for me there was a period in my in my life I was like oh I'm not a clingy person. I like to have space. Like stop touching me. I said that because I didn't like any of the guys who touched me. I really didn't like y'all. And being that, I really, like, oh, I'm now in a situation with someone where, oh, wow, I really like him touching me. I love him. Oh, my God. Touch me every time you hands on me. Not on the wheel. Hands on me. Every time. Every time. Okay, with Freckles Bay. But when it comes to every other guy I've been with, it's like, nigga, get the fuck off me. Why are you, why are you holding my hands again? I had an issue, okay? But that says a lot about the people you're with. Right. So I don't think when some people say that, I don't think it's necessarily them being, um, you know, not a clingy person or not not a loving, you know, expressive PDA person, because sometimes most of the time, all the time is just because you're with the wrong person. And that person is someone who you're just not into. So that's why you're not clingy with them because you don't like them. Hello? But, yeah, I remember Leprechaun Bay was just, like, always touching me. In that conversation, he was touching me a lot because he needed to say something. And he was always trying to chime in the conversation. Basically, what I'm saying is Jose is Leprechaun Bay Latino version. Okay? And that nigga talks too fucking much, dog. Like, when they show that scene in the latest episode of um, they were at his house for his barbecue that he had, or his cookout that he had, and um, they were at his house, and they were in his room. Some of them were in his room, and he was talking for an hour straight. Okay, it wasn't an hour, but it felt like an hour. And you could tell the expressions, and it may be editing. I don't know, but I think overall, though, he does talk a lot from what – we see and from what even Rachel says but in his room when he was talking you can see everyone else in the room looking at him like okay this nigga gonna be is this nigga gonna shut up anytime soon what the fuck so he's talking too much yes yada 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 and I think overall with Jose and Rachel Rachel um is going to because I think she's already losing her voice when it comes to him even though she has spoken up like she'll say to him I need you to listen more um Instead of, I feel like she said it very kind of passively, and uh, instead, Jose was not really listening. Like, he still wasn't listening. Like, he was like, I used to listen before I got married. Like, what the kind of fucking thing? What the fuck are you, huh? So, he said that, and um, she's not she's not really stamping it like that is a big ass issue that's a red that's a red flag you're not listening you're talking over me you're not letting me speak and if I'm always the one letting you speak if I'm always the one um 
just getting my point ac- no always letting you get your point across when i'm not getting that same in return but you're always rubbing my hand you kissing me left and right it's like you're trying to pacify me more and more girl rachel get out you in danger girl you in danger um brett and ryan brett no who which one's the guy ryan is the guy is the guy ryan i initially felt like um like they were in alignment like i thought they liked each other they would sometimes be physically intimate as far as like uh, like just hand holding or just hand on on knee type of thing but now i'm trying to read ryan and i can't tell i really can't tell i see brett sharing her opinion not opinion but like her her reasons why she likes ryan and x y and z but ryan is not expressing the same in return and i don't know and he said in the latest episode how he doesn't feel a spark with her and he doesn't know when that's gonna come and he's so used to feeling sparks initially with people he's dated before um so i don't child all these couples <laughs> just a, just this is clearly solely for entertainment purposes i just really ultimately um i don't agree with any one of them but i'm here to watch i'm here to watch i'm here to watch what's coming up though in a few weeks is going to be here sooner than we realize ready to love is coming back on october 15th so i'm excited to talk about that and get to those reviews but i'm gonna end it here thank you guys for listening Thank you for reacting in your car, at your workplace, to anything that I said. Please share your reactions to me. Whether you know me personally, you can shoot me a text. You can call me. We'll we'll talk. I love that. Um, If you don't know me personally, then just DM me by following God Built This Pod on Instagram. Um, And that's about it. I'm going to end it here. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.